So I am Tiffany Montgomery. Most of you know either me or my husband. The big man plays the bass. He belongs to me. Um, I, <laughs> I have a long and short story. I was born in Arkansas. My parents were young. I grew up in southern Kentucky. I spent a lot of time with my great aunt. Um, I experienced a lot of loss in my early life. My mom lost both of her parents when I was eight. She lost them about two months apart. Uh, my mom's mother died of cancer, and my mom's father had a heart attack, and everybody thinks it was a broken heart, which I believe thoroughly. Um, when my grandfather died, it occurred to me that things weren't certain. Nobody knew what was going to happen in this life. And I'd gone to church my whole life. My aunt made sure of it. So I decided that very night that I had to be saved. It had to happen, and it had to happen right then. I was staying with my aunt. My aunt was like, I don't, like, I can't help you with this right now. Like, I can talk you through it, but, like, I don't, I can't, I can't do what you want me to do. So she, in all of her infinite wisdom, called my best friend's father, who was a Methodist pastor, um, and had him to come and try and make sense of me because she was like, I don't know what I can do with her right now. And he came over and he sat down and he talked with me and he said, you know, are you doing this because you're afraid? And I said, well, yes. And he said, well, are you just doing it because you're afraid? And I said, well, no, I understand what I'm doing. I know why I'm accepting Christ. I know why I need to be baptized. Uh, what I don't know is if I'll have tomorrow. Because if anything I've learned in the last two months is we don't know. And so he went back up to my aunt and he said, when she goes to church on Sunday, make sure she goes up and talks to the pastor. And that two Sundays later, on Easter Sunday, of all things, I was baptized. I was eight years old, I mean, I, but I'd figured it out. So fast forward in life, um, Blake always says you have to tell your beginning, your middle, and your end, or your fall and your redemption. I, at 28 years old, started experiencing pain and problems. And I went to the doctor, and I thought I'd pulled a muscle, and he kind of did too at first. Six months in, it's still not better, and it's getting worse, and he sent me on to see somebody else. And they did some tests and came back and said, well, there's a couple things going on. I have something called a spondylolisthesis, which we can fix-ish, and I have ankylosing spondylitis, which we can't. And I said, okay. He said, we can manage your symptoms. We can get you to a rheumatologist. We can help you figure that out. But you need surgery. Yeah, I'm hard-headed. I don't do surgery. I don't, I, back surgery was not on my plan. I decided we were going to figure out another way to fix this. And we tried, and we didn't. And five years later, I finally relented and said, okay, we'll do this. I could kick myself. I should have done it sooner. I had surgery, and things changed again. I'm a planner, though. I thought I'd have kids by now. And one of the things I learned with AS is that I am gene positive for it, which means that I carry it and can pass it on. It's not just something that randomly happened. So then we started thinking about it. We better get on this if we're going to do this because I'm not getting any, old, any younger. And then it didn't happen. I went to the doctor and it still wasn't happening. Finally, the doctor says, you know, it's probably not going to happen. You have PCOS. So I got another blow to my life. At this point, I'm angry. I'm angry at God. I'm angry at life. I'm depressed. I don't understand why anybody else can have a baby and I can't 
And I know not everybody can. I know there are a lot of people out there that can't and deal with it. But I was really angry with God. I found reasons to be angry and stay angry. And I went through all the stages of grief, and I dealt with that. And in December of 2015, I think it was, 14, I went to Jen Sullivan's house to pick up a meal for another church member who had just had two babies. And we sat down and we talked about why I didn't have children yet. And she was like, why, don't, why haven't you all had kids yet? Like, you, you love kids. You're in the children's department all the time. You love children. And I told her. I hadn't told anybody else. I told my husband. Nobody else knew. And that was part of the problem. I hadn't talked about it. So, sorry. Um, I left her house that night and I realized that I needed to accept this. There was a reason in it. I didn't know it yet, didn't know what it was, but there was something there. So I decided to let it go and move forward with what we needed to do. We had always talked about adoption, it had always been part of our plan. And so I let it go. I gave it to God and I said, you know what, it's going to be what it is. I will be a mom some way, I just don't know what that is. And fast forward and in April, I had a manager who was working for me who thought she had a pregnancy scare at first and found out later it wasn't just a scare. Uh, in June, she came to me and said, I'm pregnant. And I said, okay. And she said, yeah, I need to take the weekend, like into Monday and Tuesday off. And I said, why? And she said, my boyfriend wants me to have an abortion. And I'm her boss. I really cannot involve myself in something too deep with this because I am her boss. There's an ethical issue there. And I just looked at her and I was like, yeah, I can't give you the weekend off. Like, there's no way I can give you four days off. It's a restaurant. I can't. I don't have anybody to take her place. I'm already working. I can't double myself. I'm sorry. So she comes back to work the next day, and apparently that was what she needed, was just enough time to think about it and get in her head that she's going to have to live with this a little longer. And she came into work the next day, and she was sobbing. She was, and she could not calm down. And finally I looked at her and I said, what is wrong with you? What is going on? She said, I can't do this. And I said, what? I can't have an abortion. Okay. <coughs> awesome. Don't. She goes, no, you don't understand. I can't have this baby either. Okay. Fair enough. Don't know how we're going to fix that, but we'll figure it out. And she just, she was like, I just, I can't, I can't. I don't, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm terrified. I'm scared. Okay. So I said to her, I said, look, I said, I'll find you somebody to help you. See, everybody in the building knew that we had talked about adoption. I had another manager who had adopted children, and I talked to him openly. I was never shy about stuff. And she said, okay. That made her calm down a little bit. Okay, I'll find you somebody to help you. It won't be me, because it can't be me. So I'll find you somebody who can help you figure this out. So she goes home, we go home. We're both off on that Friday. And Saturday I come back, and I have a list of phone numbers and names for her. I had the number for ALC, I had counselors from our employee assistance program, I had the number of a Planned Parenthood in Louisville, somebody to help her, so she had all the options. And somebody could hopefully talk her down. And I also had an adoption agency on there. Because as much as it killed me to think about her getting rid of this child, I didn't want her to feel like she had to raise a child she didn't want. And I never got to give her the list. She walked in on Saturday and said to me, before I could open my mouth, I want you to adopt this baby. <laughs> I 
And I looked at her and I said, wait, you, you didn't hear me say give me your child, right? That's not the conversation that I heard or that I intended when we talked. And she said, no, no, it's not. And I said, okay, so long as we're on the same page here, so long as you don't feel like I was giving you pressure to do anything you didn't want to do. And she said, no. She said, I am terrified of the idea of giving my child to a stranger. And I can't have an abortion. She said, I've had a miscarriage that tore me to pieces. And she said, giving, she said, doing it intentionally would kill me. She said, but I can't raise another child. She's leaving her boyfriend. She has a child already. She had a two-year-old at the time. She's like, I just cannot do this again. I'm not in a good place. Okay. So I looked at her and I said, well, I have to talk to some people first. I'll let you know something Monday, Tuesday. So I left, and I was off on Sunday, and I come home, and I cannot tell my husband this over the phone. Can't do it. So I wait till he walks in the door, and he literally made it two steps in our front door, and I looked at him, and I said, because he's in on this. I've known, been telling him all week what's going on. And I said, so she wants us to adopt the baby. <laughs> my husband stops, and I think he's going to have a heart attack right there, and he doubles over, and he goes, wait, wait, are we ready for this? <laughs> you better get ready, because it's happening. I'm not telling her no. She, this doesn't happen. People don't offer to give you their children. It's just it's not how it works. You have to go through an agency, and you have to struggle and find and hope and pray that somebody chooses you. Nobody just comes to you and goes, here's baby, enjoy. But she did. And so I went back, and I told her, yes, we, we definitely want to do this. I talked to my boss, and I said, look, if it comes down to it, if you all say that as a company we can't do this, then I will quit my job. I don't care if I don't have a parachute, I will walk away and quit my job because my family is more important to me than a job. I can find another job, this is not going to come around again. And so we walked together through all of this. Dave Sullivan actually was our lawyer. They, she told me the weekend they left for Honduras, I was like sitting on pins and needles. Jen was the first person to know about it because I came to church and I was like, I have to talk to your husband now, like right now. And she goes, why? And I was like, okay, I have to tell somebody. I'll tell her. And I got to be there when he was born. I was in the delivery room. I got to hold him first. And today I have a beautiful little two-year-old boy who is crazy. But I also have more family because we didn't walk away and do a closed adoption. I couldn't. I couldn't unknow this person who has said to me, you're like a mother to me. You always talked well to me, you always advised me, you always treated me like I was your child or your friend, and you gave me what was needed. And she always wanted to make sure that Zachary knew that he was loved, and we decided that we wanted him to know that he had more family than just us. We want him to know that he has a sister. He has a half-sister on the way. She'll be here next month. Um, and she has always said she never felt like he was meant to be hers. So he has, we have a great relationship, but that's been the hardest thing. But I had to let go in order for God to do what he needed to do. And it took me so long to see that because all I could see was the forest and not the trees. I just saw this maze, and it was scary. And I hold on to Ecclesiastes 3 when it talks about the seasons. And I don't always know what season God has planned, but I know that it's coming. And that while I may be in the winter, Summer's on its way. Thank you, guys. Don't go anywhere. 
Now let me ask you this as we get ready for the sermon, guys. Do you think there's part of Tiffany's story that would connect with somebody? <laughs> I want you to remember that as we get into the message, okay? Tiffany, for those of you who don't know Sam and Tiffany, they are just tireless servants without a complaint, and they do it with love. So they are an absolute blessing. I've known Sam my whole life, and they're an absolute blessing to our family and to this church. So we're going to pray over her as the band comes back up, and then we'll keep moving forward, all right? God, thank you so much for just the picture of redemption that Tiffany just shared. Thank you so much that your plan is so much better than ours, if we'll just say yes to it. So we just speak blessings over Tiffany and Sam and over their little man. We just thank you so much for what a blessing to this church they are, for what a blessing to my family they are. And uh, we just pray that uh, they would just continue to follow you and to serve you the way they so faithfully do day in and day out. So we thank you for her story. We pray that it connects with people in here and draws all of us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Tiff. <laughs> 